Our first reading today is from the book of Jonah, chapter 1, verses 1 through 3. Jonah flees from the Lord is the title. The word of the Lord came to Jonah, son of Amittai. Go to the great city of Nineveh and preach against it, because its wickedness has come up before me. But Jonah ran away from the Lord and headed for Tarshish. He went down to Joppa, where he found a ship bound for that port. After paying the fare, he went aboard and sailed for Tarshish to flee from the Lord. This is the word of the Lord. Our second reading today comes from Proverbs, chapter 2, beginning at verse 1 through 5. You can find that on your, in the Pew Bibles on page 528 if you desire to follow along. The value of wisdom. My son, if you receive my words and treasure up my commandments with you, making your ear attentive to wisdom and inclining your heart to understanding, if you seek it like silver, And search for it like hidden treasure. Then you will understand the fear of the Lord and find the knowledge of God. The very word of God. I was just reflecting as they were sharing God's Word. Um, I enjoy so much um, reading God's Word myself. I enjoy. Um, it's it, like I can go back to a place, um, no matter where I am, when I open that Word, I go back to a place that I've been before with a very familiar and comforting presence. Um, we're going to celebrate that invite you to deeper times in God's Word today. But what struck me as you guys were reading that was was um, the power of the spoken word as well. That it's different experience to hear it said. Now some of you um, uh, are used to this because some of the ways that you do your Bible study is that you put a, a tape on of someone reading the Bible, and and he always has a British accent. Have you noticed that? Um, God must be British. That's all I can that's all I can say. Um, but, the, but you experienced what I just experienced with Marianne and Tom, that, that when you hear the word, it's a different experience than when you read it. Both are important, um, but it's a different experience, and, and the Spirit moves differently when you hear that. And, of course, that's reflected in, in the Word of God, especially Romans chapter 10, you know, um, where God invites us. How can, how can people be transformed if they never hear the Word, right? And how can people hear the word if no one ever goes and speaks it to them, and how can people go and speak it to them and no one ever sends them out? And so we know that progression of God's word. Um, But I want to just start here as we begin a new series. Why Jonah again? Does anybody remember doing Jonah with us before? Does anybody still have the notes in their Bible? You do. (laughs) Brian is just amazing back there. He has like a stack of, of notes, and so I've got to be careful what I say because he's going to go back. No, you said it differently 20 years ago when you read it last time. Actually, it was only about seven years ago that we did it. 
why go back to Jonah now, right? Did you hear the word just a moment ago? Uh, I am sending you to a wicked nation. Uh, You do not have to go far to be astounded at the place that we have arrived as a nation now. I get emails almost daily from people that said, you're not going to believe this. And honestly, I would not have been able to believe it. I wouldn't have called this situation that we find ourselves in. Uh, I would never have called it in my lifetime. I might have thought, well, someday my grandchildren might face... Well, I guess I got old, huh? Now I have grandchildren. <laughs> okay, ding, ding. The, I, this seems so far off. It's here. It's here. The natural consequences of a life that's not built upon... The word of the Lord is that at some point God turns over those lives to the natural consequences of their choices, right? And you think, well, that's that's going to be pretty bad. This will be the... It's exponentially bad. It is exponentially bad. And, And so I was struck as we spent the last 12 weeks talking about the gospel and and this commission that Jesus has given each of us, each of us, to share the gospel with other people, uh, I, I was struck by the environment that we're in. It's exactly the environment that God called Jonah into. What are you thinking, Pastor Dave? What, what are you saying here? I'm saying that, that um, the consequences for Nineveh are going to be the consequences for the United States. Wow. I didn't plan on saying that, but, but I believe it. The consequences for Nineveh are going to be the consequences for the United States. That's the bad news, right? That's the bad news. You say, well, how can you say that? We're, we, don't, we don't murder our babies, right? We, we, don't, we don't play God and, 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 and decide who lives or dies, right? Oh, my goodness. Oh, my goodness. They had some spectacular wickedness. But I think Jesus said it so many times. He said, Sodom and Gomorrah are going to look great compared to you, he said to his own people. Right? Uh, all those, those cliches about people that receive judgment, Capernaum, right? Chorazim, all those places that Jesus said... Well, the Bible says Jesus could do no more. Those places are going to look good compared to our culture. So we're exactly in the place that Jonah was in. Witness revisiting this series again. Because we are Jonah. We are Jonah. Say it. Just practice it. I'm not holding you accountable for this. Say that with me. I am Jonah. Would you say that? Doesn't that sound weird? Now, I think one of the reasons that it might sound weird to you is because we always think of Jonah as this prophet, right? This person in a different category. We've got to move beyond that, beloved, right? We've got to move beyond um, thinking that, that Isaiah or Jeremiah or some of these people that we revere so much because of the word that they left for us 
are different than us. They are normal people. They put their pants on one leg at a time, right? They, they struggled with the same things that we struggled with, right? And, and rarely, and because so much of the time, studying the prophets means hearing the word of God that they spoke. Jonah is a very unique book in that, in that it's not so much about the message. He, he spoke terribly. He gave the worst message that anybody's ever done, right? Um, he blew that part. The book of Jonah is not about the message that he gave. The book of Jonah is about the prophet himself. And, and, so, and so I cheated a little bit when I wrote the subtitle to our series, right? I cheated and, and said the perilous journeys, because his was a perilous journey, the perilous journeys of a reluctant disciple, because I am Jonah. God has entrusted to me his word and the jury is out as to what kind of a steward I will be with it, right? I am Jonah because God is asking me to speak into the brokenness and wickedness of my culture around me, right? Uh, um, But I don't want to do it. I don't want to do it. I want to, as we'll see in the coming weeks, I want to run the opposite direction, right? Did you hear it? I had him read all the way to three. Did you hear it? He fled from the presence of the Lord. And sometimes when I sense what God is asking of me, I say, here am I, God. Send somebody else, right? Send somebody else. I want to flee from the presence of the Lord. So I want to invite you to drink deep of God's word with me. Uh, in, a, in, a, in one of the most unusual situations where we'll look through the eyes of Jonah, we'll experience God through the eyes of a man who is just like us. A broken man who had misperceptions about the very God he represented, right? The, the, a man who, who um, was charged with a task and failed. He, a man who is exactly like us. And maybe, maybe as we look at this man, we will get a glimpse of a greater God than we ever experienced before even. And for those of us who think that somehow we have missed uh, God's call in our life, we have chosen our own way, it's too late for us, we'll we'll recognize a God that it's never too late for. We'll recognize a God who's never done with us. We'll recognize a God who has no quota on the miracles that he does. So drink deep of it, would you? Now, if you're not uh, as familiar with the Bible, you'd be thinking, um, wow, we're going to read this massive prophetic, but it's not massive, beloved. It's not massive. It's four chapters. And it, and it breaks really neatly, almost perfectly, into four little acts, little, little scenes that we get to see. So I want to invite you, uh, I actually want to challenge you to, um, to read the book of Jonah. Everything within me wants to go back to my schooling and say, read it four times over the coming a week. And you overachievers just nodded your heads and said, okay, no no problem, I got this. Four chapters, four times, right? But would would you bless me by at least reading it once? At least reading it once in the coming week? And, and 
because we're going we're gonna to be in the weeds. We're going to really get in the weeds here in just a minute. We're going to be down at ground level together on Sunday mornings, and it means so much more to you if, if you have the 35,000-foot picture as well. I'll spend just a couple moments at the beginning of our time next week um, joining you and summarizing some of the things we see from 35,000 feet before we dive back down to ground level. But, but I want to ask you to get the big picture this week, if you can, four times for four chapters, but if, if at, least, if at least look at it once. Um, but today... I just want to focus on one small introduction. I want to remind you of several things that you already know. If you're visiting with us, they may tweak you. And so I just invite you to write a note. I gave you a blank sheet where you could do that. Write a note to yourself and say, come to someone else or to me and say, Pastor Dave, I didn't understand when you referenced an earlier teaching. Just tell me what that was. I'm going to try and highlight things that most of you are already familiar with and see if we can bring them together. Does that sound like a plan? Let's open our hearts to the word of God through the prophet Jonah today. Pray with me. God, I pray the words of my mouth and the meditations, God, the thoughts and intentions of all of our hearts would be acceptable to you, O Lord, our rock and our redeemer. Amen. Amen. Well, let's let's go with it. Our... our um, our scripture for today is really just the very first verse. Let me read just that verse for you again. Now the word of the Lord came to Jonah, the son of Amittai, saying, Arise and go. Arise and go. As you read through that first chapter this week, you'll notice that God says the same things in chapter 1 that he says in chapter 3. You'll see that he uses several words over and over again. But today, I just want you to hear this. And this is the first major point if you're taking notes. The word of the Lord, that, that Lord right there is the personal name of God, Yahweh. The word of Yahweh came to Jonah came to Jonah. Why am I making such a federal case out of this? Because many of us live as if the word of God doesn't speak personally into our lives. We live as if God created the world and said, I hope it works out. Be good. Don't make me come down there again, right? Be good. Um, But the reality is that God is interacting with his people on a regular basis, all the time. All the time. The word of the Lord came to Jonah, right? It came to Jonah. Now, now, how did it come? There's so many things in the book of Jonah that, that we're not told. Uh, it, it doesn't tell us how it came. We know many times the word of the Lord came to uh, people in the Bible uh, through dreams, right? And I always fear and tremble when I say that because... Because I have all kinds of dreams that I know aren't anything to do with Jesus, right? It's usually the pizza that I had the night before. Um, so so I, with fear and trembling, I say that sometimes God does speak through dreams. By the way, I, I can't explain it, but the gospel is exploding among Muslims worldwide right now. After hundreds of years of 
of ineffectual interaction for whatever reason, the gospel is exploding among Muslims. And oftentimes when it does, it happens in a person's life because the night before they encountered a believer, God gave them a dream. And the next day the the believer uh, showed up and fulfilled the dream that he told him. And, and, And so... I'm not comfortable really placing my life upon somebody else's dreams. But here's the reality. Sometimes God does that. Sometimes He he speaks audibly to His people. About the other half of the room just got uncomfortable with me, right? Um, um, But He doesn't do that anymore, does He? Yeah. Yeah. He does. Um, don't don't be dismayed if if you've not ever heard God audibly speak. I've shared with you before. I've only happened to me twice, and it's because I was I was stupid, basically, right? Um, but I but don't preclude the fact that He still audibly speaks. You test every audible word that you hear, including these, especially these. You test them against God's word. But God audibly spoke. He could have audibly spoke to Jonah as, as well. Very possible that, that the word of the Lord came to him like it often comes to me just with an inner leaning of my spirit or leading of my spirit, right? I don't hear anything audibly, but all of a sudden this thought comes in my mind and, and, and I go, where did that come from? Right, uh, and 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 I check it against God's word, and I realize God was leading me by by that inner voice of the Holy Spirit, and I believe that God does that. We don't know that that's what happened here in Jonah, but I believe that God does that. Here's what I do know for sure: that God always speaks through His word, through His word, His written word. His word was given to you so that you can hear the very voice of God. Now, I can pull out all kinds of funny stories about people that, that had different passages of God's Word, right? And, and, and it, I feel a little bit more relaxed when I do because it lets me a little bit off the hook. Oh, yeah, yeah, God wouldn't tell me to do that. Wouldn't he? He, wouldn't, he wouldn't send me to whatever your Africa is, whatever your Tarshish is, or excuse me, whatever your Nineveh is. Um, but, but the reality is, is that when you... Open God's Word. God speaks. That's my great prayer. In this few words that we're studying today, that God would speak to you today through His Word. So know this for certain, that the Word of the Lord came to a person. And, and we're going we're gonna to invite you over these coming weeks to, to understand what that looks like. But I want to say secondly now, um, the Word of the Lord comes to you. The Word of the Lord comes to you as well. It comes by speaking. It comes by hearing the Word. It comes by reading the Word. It can come to you by God audibly speaking. It comes to you by the leaning of His Holy Spirit. It comes to you in the written Word as well. If you're not familiar with us here, um, uh, let me just r- repeat a, a teaching we've been camping on that that I believe this is the very wisdom of God. You say to Him, God, I need your wisdom, right? And 
And we, in our study of James 1, verse 5, right, realize that, that, that James said, if anyone lacks wisdom, let him ask or her ask of God, right? And God will freely give it to them, right? And we turned upside down our whole model of, of saying, and, and I, I repented before you that week and, and said, I am so sorry that I led you to be voracious about more biblical knowledge when what Jesus invited you to do was to put into practice the knowledge you already had. Do you remember that teaching? Right? I, I repented of, of making you like me and just hungering for more information uh, because it becomes self-feeding. I want to know more, God. And with an infinite God, there's always more that you can know. I want to know more. I want to know more. I don't want to put it in practice, but I want to know more. Right? And, and then we rebuked ourselves as we studied the Great Commission and we learned that our charge was to teach, but not to teach for knowledge, but to teach for obedience, to teach one another to obey. So one person who understands one thing about Jesus and puts it into practice is farther along than um, a degreed seminary graduate who knows a thousand things about God and doesn't put them into practice, right? So, so we learned that God freely gives us wisdom, that our job then is to try to understand this wisdom that He's already given us. Oh, I realize that that's a huge step of faith for you. I realize for me to say that this book contains the very wisdom of God is a statement of faith. And, and, and I'm not ashamed of that. It is a statement of faith. I believe that the Holy Spirit guided this book so that as you open it, you can understand and trust that it's the very Word of God. I believe that it's not such a big leap of faith because all through our culture, people are asking you to believe other books which have been proven false over and over again. I'm not talking about other religious books. I'm talking about simple theories that they're asking you to believe by faith that are contrary to what God says is true. So I recognize that this is a big statement that to say, I'm going to put my trust in your word. I'm going to build my life upon your word. That's a big statement of faith. But honestly, it's a smaller statement of faith in believing what our culture is teaching you right now. It's a much smaller one to put your trust in truth than it is to put your trust in the falsehoods that are all around us. So what does that look like for us? Then we spend our lives then trying to understand the wisdom that has already been given to us we're not going to go deeply into it, but would you turn again to Proverbs 2, the Scripture that Marianne read for us, Proverbs 2, because, because I wanted you just to, to note again, a teaching we've had before, but to note again the verbs that are in this proverb. We've got the wisdom of God right before us, right in the middle of the Bible of Psalms, just to the right of that is Proverbs We've got the wisdom of God right before us, so it should just, it just should by osmosis come into us, right? And one of the wisest humans, probably second only to Jesus uh, in all of human history, says this, My son, if you receive my words and treasure up my commandments within you, making your ear attentive to wisdom 
inclining your heart to understanding, if you call out for insight and raise your voice for understanding, if you seek it like silver and search for it as for hidden treasure. Look at that. Eight. What am I doing? There's eight commands there. It says this isn't going to necessarily be easy, right? Why? Because this word speaks to the whole spectrum of human existence. And, and, and you've got to search it. You've got to cry out for insight from God to understand it. Some days truth will just jump off the page at you. And some days you will scratch your head and say, God, what does this mean? But apparently there's beauty in the struggle. As, as you try and understand those eight verbs, receive, treasure, make attentive, incline, call out, raise your voice, seek for it, search for it, right? There's beauty in the struggle. And if you will risk engaging in that struggle now, not for personal success, not for wealth, not for all the things that the world will say is most important to you, but if you will pour out yourself to understand the wisdom that already given for you then, Marianne said, verse 5, then you will understand the fear of the Lord and find the knowledge of God. As we've learned before, the knowledge of God is not intellectual assent. You will experience God. Knowledge in, in the Bible is not an intellectual process. It's, a, it's an experiential one. Remember as we stood there, reminding ourselves of Abraham, um, holding the knife over his son, God said, stop, Abraham. Now I've experienced you. Now I know what's in your heart, right? So, so um, the invitation of God is to experience him through diligently seeking understanding of his word. The word of the Lord came to Jonah, but the word of the Lord has also come to you. What will you do with it? What will you do with it? Now let me just remind you that that, that word will come through the, the written word. And, and by the way, I would just always say, if you have, if you hear or think you've heard from God in any other way, I know this by faith, I know this to be true, that God will never speak in contradiction to that word. And so you always have a backstop, right? If God says, turn left here, uh, I want you to go do this. Let me, I'm pulling something out of the air. I want you to go minister to the homeless. So God, God would never ask me to go minister to the homeless, would he? You go into his word. Whoops. Yes, he would. Yes, he would. Right? God would never ask me to open my home right to a stranger, would he? Uh, uh, yes, he would. God would never ask me to go someplace where I don't even know yet why or even where it will be. And, and to go by faith someplace that I've not even heard yet? Yes, he will. Yes, he will. It might be across the room. It might be across the globe. But his word will prove it for you that it's true. So my great invitation for you is, is to build your life upon his word. Um, what does that mean for us? Would you um, turn to our memory verse for today? Now, way back toward the end of the Bible is the book of Hebrews, is the book of Hebrews, and our memory verse for today 
just plucked bleeding out of the center of a much larger discussion. But um, for the sake of time, I want to do that. I want to just invite you to hear this one verse. And we'll look at it together. It's printed for you in your bulletin. We'll look at it together from the English Standard Version, which is a little more complicated than the one many of you memorized this verse in. But it goes like this. For the word of God is living and active, sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing to the division of soul and spirit, of joints and marrow, and discerning the thoughts and intentions of the heart. Would you say our memory verse for me, with me? For the word of God is living and active, sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing to the division of soul and of spirit, of joints and of marrow, and discerning the thoughts and intentions of the heart. I know you see every week, you see those memory verses in there. And, and I mean, uh, uh, for many of us, a, a verse a week is more than we can bear. Or let me put that differently, more than we think we can bear. And I just am smiling because every time I've entered into a discipling relationship where I invited the people that I was with to memorize Scripture, every one of them... <laughs> Many of them in the room right now said, I can't do that. <laughs> you know, I can't do that. And what did you discover over time? I cannot explain it. But the more you risked hiding God's word in your heart, the easier it became. Am I making that up? Maybe a little bit. It's hard at first, but you can do it. You can do it. So I invite you to hide his word in your heart. Why? Do you see here? We believe from James that the Word of God is the very wisdom of God. You have all the wisdom you ever need in your hand right now if you're holding your phone or your, or your Bible. Not because you can Google it, but because it's the very Word of God. But why? What else is this Word of God? It is, it is the gift of God for discernment. I'm going to use that word for a second discernment, right? It describes the Word of God that way, that the Word of God discerns, and it may not be rocket science to the nurses in the room here or the doctor-type people here, but, but, but for many, it was hard for them to understand that difference between bones and marrow. The marrow is in, intimately involved in the bone, right, of joint. And so, so for them to hear that it discerns between those things uh, was an amazing statement, right? But then it says, and of the soul and spirit. Now, how many of you can articulate the difference between the soul and spirit? It is very possible. We have worked on it together. But it is a mystery, right? And the Word of God is able to discern between soul and spirit. And then here's the kicker, right? Here's the kicker. And able to discern the thoughts and intentions of your heart. The Word of God is able to discern the thoughts and intentions of your heart. Is anybody else terrified? Um, right? We think that there's this secret place, right, that, that no one else ever sees. And God says, I see that, and I not only see that, I speak to it. I'm speaking 
to the thoughts and intentions of your heart. Not the actions of your body, not the words that you say, but what is really going on inside. God sees that and discerns it, calls it out in his words. That's why we prayed at the beginning of this. I didn't do that intentionally for this point, but we prayed, may the words of my mouth and the meditations, right, the thoughts and intentions of my heart be acceptable to you. The word of God is his gift to you for discernment, for him to discern you. And then secondly, for you to discern the times around you. Do you need wisdom in the times which you find yourself? I didn't say that well. Did you understand my question? Do you, do you need help with discerning what's going on around you? Oh, boy, we could pick 15 different circumstances right here where you need immense wisdom. Where your heart says one thing and you see in the Word of God something else and you need wisdom, right? You need discernment. God, is this the time when I make that stand or do I lie low here while your Holy Spirit works in them? You need moment by moment discernment and direction and God's Word gives that to you. And as you get more and more familiar with God's Word, I'm going to say that differently, as you get more and more familiar with God's ways, Through his words, you will know what each situation requires. So, the word of the Lord came to Jonah. And we're going to unpack that over the coming weeks. But know this for certain. That the word of the Lord has come also to you. For wisdom and for discernment. And God is inviting you into it. God is inviting you into it. If you've not been with us, we have several tools to help you do this. And uh, if I say soaps, does that ring a bell to you? Right? And bookmarks out in the foyer or someone near you has one. Soaps is a, an invitation to personal Bible study, to, to, to interact with Scripture. I want to invite you. Boy, I'm dishing out homework this week. I want to invite you to read through the book of Jonah. And I want to invite you to do a soap study, scripture, observation, application. Pray through it and share it with someone uh, for Jonah 1, 1 through 3 for next week. Okay. The key to soaps, by the way, is not choosing too large a passage. So a couple times this series will take big chunks of passages, but I'll just invite you to a couple of verses. And again, if you don't under, remember soaps, understand that it is, um, there are bookmarks out there that will help you do that. Come to me. I'll get you one personally to help you walk through God's Word together. But then secondly, just a reminder that all over uh, our congregation are little Discovery Bible studies happening where people get together and with seven simple questions explore a passage. Many of you did that this morning. Explore a passage together. And there's just power in, in doing that together. When I was in Seattle, we did, a, we did a DBS around a piano with two college roommates from 40 years ago. And, and God met us there. And, and, and we wept I didn't dawn on me they might have been weeping at my piano playing, but it could have been something else. We just wept together before the Lord, and we cried out before the Lord, 
and, and we were real before the Lord. Um, you need that kind of fellowship. You need that kind of fellowship. And, and God's gift to you is Discovery Bible Study where you can share what good things are going on in your life. You can share the things that are stressing you out. You can open the Word of God and you can pray for one another. I invite you into that. Every regular time that our church is meeting, um, there is at least one Discovery Bible Study going on somewhere. My invitation to you is to, is to take it to your neighborhood, to take it to your own family, men, Excuse me for a second. I'm going to sound misogynist here for just a second. But men, wouldn't you like to be a better spiritual leader in your home? That wasn't rhetorical. Would you, would you like to be? Yeah. Chad and I like, would like to be better. <laughs> men, would you like to be a better spiritual leader? Now, I know why you're not answering. Because your wives are sitting right next to you. I understand that. Plug your ears, women, for a second. Would you do that? Men, would you like to be better spiritual leaders in your home? Yeah. This is God's gift to you to do that. Do it with your bride. Do it with your family. Oh, now you're meddling. Yeah. I'm meddling with me. I'm meddling with me. It's hard. Risk it. God's gift to you is His Word. Soaps is a personal tool which can change your life. DBS is a, is a tool that you can use in your family. Oh, you guys think you're off the hook because I was looking at them the whole time I was asking all those questions. You can do it with your family. Um, you can do it in your neighborhood. Several of you have started DBSs in your neighborhood. I just believe that God's going to bless you richly as you do that. So let me land this plane, which you've been asking for, for seven and a half minutes out loud. Um, God wants you to learn to trust the wisdom of his word. God wants you to let his word interpret the thoughts and intentions of your heart, but then gift you with the ability to read the signs of the times, to discern what's going on in the world around us. God wants you to spread His Word. I know you're reluctant. I'm reluctant. Let's, st- let's start with baby steps this week. A soap study of Jonah 1, 1 through 3. Reading through the four chapters of Jonah at least once this coming week. I believe that God will meet you. I believe that God will bless you as you do that. God comes to us through... I pray through His written Word. I pray that somehow God's Holy Spirit, fully apart from the words of my mouth, has spoken to you today through the spoken Word. But both the written Word and the spoken Word point to one reality. One reality, right? In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God, and the Word became flesh and dwelt among us. There is the living Word, Jesus Christ, who is yours for this process. People have accused me at different times of being a biblio-idolater, of of idolizing the Scripture. Don't misunderstand me for a second. It's God's gift to you, the wisdom and discernment of the Scripture. But if you miss Jesus, you miss everything. Right? If you miss Jesus, the living Word, you miss everything. 
everything. So let me ask you, would you open your heart? You have today by being here to the spoken word. Would you open your heart this week to the written word? Would you open your heart to the living word? Jesus Christ, he comes, but he does not come in condemnation. He is coming in glory, but right now he comes in mercy and grace. Open your heart to Jesus, the living word. Would you do that? Pray with me, would you, as our worship team comes up. Oh, God, thank you that you have not abandoned us to this world. Yeah, we're overwhelmed by the wickedness around us. God, many times we're overwhelmed by the wickedness and sin of our own lives. But thank you that you have already overcome our greatest obstacles, God. You have overcome sin. You have overcome disease. And I, I proclaim that in Jesus' name. You have overcome disease. Thank you, God. You have even overcome death. First, spiritual death, God. And, and soon, even, even physical death, you have overcome. So, Jesus... As much as we want your spoken and your written word, what we really want is you. Would you come and make your dwelling in us? Let me say that differently. Would you come and make your dwelling in me, God? I invite you, Jesus, to be Lord of my life, to sit on the throne of my life and make your home in me. By faith in your word, I believe that Jesus is the Christ, that that he is Lord of all, and that you validated that by raising him from the dead. And so I proclaim him to be Lord. And living now in this time, this in-between time, when he came and when he comes again, I declare today that you are coming again, Jesus. And you're going to ask of me and of us as a church, what did we do with the truth that we had? How we worship you, Jesus. Fear and trembling, we cry out to you. Come. Come, Lord Jesus. Make your dwelling among us as individuals. Make your dwelling among us as people. Make your dwelling among your church. Praise you and glory.